you're so prepared. You brought notes, you brought everything. I just wanted to make sure I'm prepared, man. No, that's good, that's good. That's really good. I don't know why I expected anything less. Um, <laughs> so yeah, thank you for doing this again. Like, I really appreciate like you willing to come and help me out with this. When I actually started this podcast, because I had this idea about a year ago, and I was like, eh, you know, like, it's just an idea that's forming. And I told Grace, I was like, you know who I would love to have on it? Uriel. He's so smart. I wouldn't have to talk. He'll just talk for me. <laughs> so when we actually got it going, I was like, you know, I, I want you to be on it. So That's funny. You know what, man? Yeah. I, I just, I love learning, man. Yeah. I love learning and... I try to glean as much as I can from different people and different yeah. things. And so I think that's just one of the qualities of good leadership, someone that's willing to learn. For sure, bro, for sure. And that's something, looking at you, so we came to, we went to TMP, and for those who don't know, we met at the Meeting Place Church in Selma, and you're actually starting, you're actually continuing the Meeting Place in Texas. So we actually kind of just talk right now about it, but for those who don't know, like, how did this, how did this come about? How did Texas get there from, like, Selma to Texas? Like, what's with that? That's crazy, you know, uh... I think that's the beauty of all of this is that, um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer, man, that um, God's just looking for people to to do something, mm -hmm. you know, and, and for us, it, it's been on our hearts. Um, it's been a, a dream of mine mm -hmm. to um, pioneer, to plant a church. And, you know, we've known Pastor Doug and Kim for years. Matter of fact, when we got connected with Praise Chapel of Fresno. Uh, we took over the youth ministry as they w went to TMP Selma. Yeah. And so it's just kind of incredible how God just works all things. Like, you know, we, we took over for them mm -hmm. in, in Selma. And then years later, I'm talking about like almost, I don't know, eight, nine years later, yeah. we reconnect again and we're helping them build what they're doing in Selma. And we just fell in love with the vision there. We fell in love with their heart. And, uh, you know, we just really believe that God has something special for us in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, it, it's crazy how that happened. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things, man, where we have to believe that it's God, you know. And, and I'm we're at the point, my wife and I and, and our kids, because our kids know yeah. that we can plant this church in Texas without them. You know, we decided early on when my wife and I decided to have kids that we would build a family that builds the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So since day one, our kids have been involved yeah. in ministry and, and, and you know, mm -hmm. they're church kids, man. You know, they, yeah. they, they just they love it. That's all they know. Um, but it was one of those things, man, where like I have a job here, man, where I can retire here. You know, all our families here. Yeah. Everything that we know is here. Mm -hmm. And so to Think, even think about moving my family to even think about doing something outside of what I know is crazy. Yeah. And so to me, that's God. You know, I, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with staying here. I think that if we stayed here in Fresno, I think that God could do something powerful. God could use us here. Yeah. He's been using us here. Um, but I think really for us, it was God saying like, hey, choose a place, go and let me do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was crazy because when I... When I brought the idea a few years ago to my wife's attention, she was like, heck no, yeah. you know, I am not leaving Fresno. I'm not leaving my family. Mm -hmm. Why can't we do something here? Why can't we build something here? Why can't we plant a church here? And I was okay with that. Honestly, I was okay with that. But there was just something inside me that yeah. kept tugging, kept pushing, kept kids like, hey, look, you know, whatever it is, I can't, I can't just stay still here. There's something that keeps pulling me. Mm -hmm. So... I got to see what that is. And so I began yeah. to pray. I began to fast about it and just really God just really heavily put it on my heart. And, and so I started talking to my wife and it got to the point, man, where every weekend we're talking about it 
Yeah. And it, it turned into like a com- it, yeah from a conversation like this it turned into an argument, and it was just crazy because we would talk, and I would express my heart and I would express to her what what I was thinking God wanted to do what I was feeling that God wanted to do, and every time it just turned into an argument, man. So for about four or five months. We kept doing this back and forth, and I finally got tired of it. And I was like, yeah. you know what, God? Like, if this is you, like, if this is really what you want us to do, then you're going to have to deal with this woman. Because <laughs> obviously, like, yeah. I, I can't, how I'm trying to explain it to her, how I'm trying to express to her what I'm what I'm feeling that you're wanting us to do, it's not working. Yeah. So so if you want us to do this, you need to deal with her. Yeah. And it was so crazy because um, it got to the point where I had settled that, look, fine, we're going to stay here. We, matter of fact, we had a conversation the next day. I said, look, cool, fine, we'll stay here. We're going to remodel our home. We're going we're gonna to just make this home base. And we even went to Home Depot and bought a couple thousand dollars worth of, of um, appliances. Yeah. And we, were gonna, we had a plan. We're going to remodel the house. And um, I guess as we left Home Depot, I said something that I, I didn't realize um, was anything really in particular special. But um, I guess it... It resonated with my wife. I yeah. guess as we were leaving Home Depot, I sighed and I said, I guess this is it. And I didn't mean it in any negative yeah, way or sure. anything. I was just like, okay, God, like, this is it. Like, this is where we're staying. I'm going to work hard and we're going to labor here and this is what we're going to do. Well, I think that strong accord with my wife. So she went home that night and she prayed like an audacious prayer. She was like, God, I need like flashing lights from you. Like, I need like, I need to know that this is what you want for our family because I, I want what my husband wants. Mm-hmm. But right now, I don't want that and yeah. I'm not feeling that. And it was just so crazy. Long story short, over the, over the in, in ex, maybe expanded like 10 days, my wife started experiencing some crazy things that all pointed to Texas. Like she's on a field trip with my, with my son and, and daughter and a teacher that was not even my kid's teacher comes up to her and is like, Hey, did you know that in the middle of the ocean, there's a pile of trash the size of Texas? Like, just random. Like, my yeah. wife's like, okay, who cares? Like, yeah. you know, why are you telling me this? You're not even my kid's teacher. Like, I don't yeah. really know you. And so she just kept talking about Texas, 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 Texas. You know, two days later, you know, we're preaching in L.A. And we do a store run to Target. And there's this lady that's just, like, going crazy at the self-checkout. And she's upset about something. And she's like, I'm waiting in the car. She, This is my wife telling the story. And um, apparently this lady was upset because she had to buy a bag. You know, here in California, they charge 10 cents for a plastic bag. And so she just kept saying, like, I can't believe this state charges 10 cents for bags. I can't wait to go back to my home. I can't wait to go back to the best state in the United States. I can't wait to go back to Texas. You know, it was just Texas, Texas, Texas. And, you know, to, uh, you know, my wife's cooking breakfast and, you know, she has a routine. You know, she goes to the grocery store. She Mm -hmm. buys... Um, you know, bread, she she buys the same bread all the time, the eggs, whatever, yeah. all the stuff. She knows what she's, you know, she does this all the time. Yeah. And so she's on the phone with her mom and she's cooking the eggs and then she's getting the toast and she's putting it in the toaster and she's frustrated because the toast doesn't fit in the toaster. And she's telling her mom, like, this bread is dumb. Like, why wouldn't they cut it right? Like, what's wrong with this bread? So she finally looks at the bread and it's Texas toast. And so just like, it's crazy. We're like, like, I mean, there's other things that happen, other conversations that happen where she was like, okay, God, I get it. I get what you're trying to do. And at this point, like, you know, God, God is dealing with her and she's like accepted the fact that, okay, God, this is what we're doing. But it was just so crazy how, you know, I I got to this point where like, okay, God, this is what you want us to do. 
you're gonna have to deal with this woman and so he dealt yeah. with this woman and like now it's more of my wife like all right dude what's the yeah. next step bro what's up come on let's go what are we doing For like sure. let's get things going so it's just so excited to be in a place now where we're we're, we both have the same vision. We both have the same heart. Uh, we've gone to Texas several times now. And every time we go, we just fall more and more in love with this place. And it's just incredible, man. And so we're just so excited for this journey, crazy journey. We, we don't know how it's going to transpire, yeah. but we're just excited, man, to take these steps. Because um, I, I rather live my life um, trusting that this is what I heard from the Lord than taking a step back and be like, ah, you know, I don't yeah. know, and then not doing it, and then years from now, regret that that's exactly it. what God wanted me to do. For sure. That's what's up. Texas. Texas toast. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel like, I agree. Like, it's weird. Like, for me at least, in all my life, I have a plan. At work, I have a plan. This is where I want to go. I'm fighting. I have a plan. But when it comes to church mission, I don't have a plan. Yeah. Because I feel like I've gotten to a place where, like, I have plans, and it never goes that way. So, like, trusting is the best, or even things... Like around it, like Grace knows I like try to have a plan for stuff, and she was asking me the other day. She was like, "What's your plan with Starbucks? Are you trying to stay there?" And I was telling, her, I was like, "I don't know," because like this funds church. So I was like, yeah. "If that works, that works." But, like it's weird how like in ministry, like it's it's better just to trust than to try to have plans because sometimes it doesn't go that way. Like it's cool to have ideas, but at the end of the day, we have to trust God. And I think that's something that people can struggle with at times when it comes to faith in God and believing in God because. We want to have a plan. Like, why would you put your life in something and move to Texas over something that could fail? Like, that doesn't make sense. And I think the thing about God is a lot of times it doesn't make sense. And I think it, it it's challenging. And at least for me, that challenged me a lot. Like, to step out and be like, this doesn't make sense, but we got to go anyways. Yeah. And I, I've been, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. I've been challenged in the last couple of months, man. You know, because I've had this perspective where, like, I don't want it to fail, you know. And, yeah. and, and I'm trusting that this is God. And, you know, I, I want, you know, our church plan to be successful. And I want it to thrive. And I want it to grow. Mm -hmm. But, man, over the last couple of months, I, we, I've, we, my wife and I, we've been challenged with, hey, man, it's about the one. Yeah. And so if we move our family to Texas and we're there for a couple of years and we're able to reach one family, it's worth that's it. worth it. Yeah. It's a win. And, you know, so I think it's a matter of perspective. Yeah. And, that, and I think that that correlates well with leadership where, you know, it, it's really important to have the right perspective when you're leading, when you're yeah. leading people. And, and I think that when you tap into the right perspective, whatever that may be, because it's different for every organization. And so that's one, one thing to consider that it's really important to have a perspective um, yeah. and, and hopefully the right perspective mm -hmm. of what it means uh, to lead or to be a leader for your perspective organization. For sure. One thing you said a, a few minutes ago that kind of stuck out in my head was you were talking about how with your kids, you're like, they come with us, they're a part of this, we, like, it's not just, we can do this without you, we need you, and I, and that made me think, like, that's such a leader's mindset, because a leader, like, it's not about you, it's about, I want to get you, I want to develop you, and get you pushing forward, and that's one thing, when you came to TMP, like, I really appreciate, like, I think you're an awesome preacher, and, like, you have some cool examples, but, like, one thing that stuck out to me so much was your leadership abilities, like, you would have us play games, where, we're like, we would just cross the room, like, this is stupid, what are we doing, and at the end, like, you would say something, like, oh, yeah, there's a point to it, yeah, and, like, I was telling my friends when I was like, you're going to be on this podcast, like you were one of the best leaders I've seen, especially in terms of creating teams and getting people on the vision to let's like, let's accomplish our mission. And that's something, um, one question I have, because I'm stepping into a new role of leadership. Yeah. And one thing I, I try a lot or I want to think about is, you know, in my job, not everyone's on the same vision. Not everyone has the same goal. Like, you know, I want to thrive and get this business going and keep it moving. But some people, it's just a job. Some people, they care about other things and that's fine. But how do we, in the most respectful way ever, 
without pushing people down and making them feel inadequate, how do we get people aligned with our vision to accomplish the mission? Because I feel like a team works better when we're on the same page, heading the same direction. Absolutely. Uh, let me just take a quick step back real yeah. quick because I think it's important for me to say this, that because uh, you just totally gave me all these accolades about being a great leader. And, yeah. and really, the reason why I believe I'm a, a good leader is because I've made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. And I've learned from my mistakes. Mm -hmm. But really, it's because of the leaders that I've had in my life. Mm -hmm. And so that's huge. And, yeah. and so I really believe in that in that saying where, you know, um, tell me who you hang out with and I'll tell you who you are. Yeah. And so I strive to... Uh, try to hang out with or uh, surround myself with people that are better than me because I want to be just like them. Mm, yeah. But in regards to your question, that, that that's such a good question and it's such a tough question to answer. Yeah. Um, but I recently read a book that's called Good to Great and it's written by Jim Collins. Okay. Phenomenal, phenomenal book. And he has this thought that sometimes we have to get the right people on the bus and the wrong people off the bus okay and and in in regards to getting people to uh understand a vision or, or or getting people to do something that you want them to do you know one of the things that i've realized about leadership is that not everybody fits in that mold yeah and so what we have to understand as good leaders is that number one can they even understand the vision that i'm trying to get them to understand because if they can't, then I may no longer fit in that space. And yeah. so you're trying to put a piece of a puzzle into a, a, a slot that doesn't fit. Yeah. Vice versa. We need to be good leaders and recognize that, you know what? The people that I'm trying to get to do something, their thinking is way out of this world. It's beyond what I'm trying to get them to understand. Mm -hmm. And so let me get out of the way and let me see how how they perceive this, how they... So, like, seeing instead of, like, I need to get my way, but, oh, just because I'm in charge, like, I think it's easy, like, oh, I'm in charge, it's my way, but, like, oh, no, they're seeing it this way, let's see if we can get behind them and push yeah, his vision. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Well, one, of, one, of the, one of the best uh, um, habits then that a highly effective leader de can develop, mm -hmm. according to Stephen Covey, is synergy. synergy. And, that's, and that's connectivity, and that's mm -hmm. connecting, and that's, it's saying, how can I get what I want while you're getting what you want. And so as a leader, how can I accomplish the organizational goal while still helping my my employees or those that are serving under me, or rather with me, I like to say serving with me, yeah. uh, how can I accomplish what I need while they accomplish what they need as yeah. well? And so it's not this, hey, I need you to do what I need done, but it's, hey, how can we work together to accomplish what you need yeah. done, but also getting what I need done as well? I see. One thing you just said, you're talking about like, you know, they're not, they're not under me, they're with me, like we're equal. And that's one thing I see in great leaders is this perspective of not superiority, but like a servant's heart. Like I'm with you, I wanna see you develop, like we're on the same page. And I think that's something at least me, like working under leaders in my job or whatever it may be. Like I've seen people who do great like you, where you like, I feel like, oh, they care about my opinion. They wanna see me do good, like we're, like we're equal, but it makes me respect you more. And I've seen people who try to put that foot down, like I'm in charge, do this. And I feel like it shuts people down. And I feel like it's so important, and you can attest, and you, I want to hear your opinion on this because yeah. you're a lot smarter than me about <laughs> this. But at least for me, I feel like the best way to get people to do good and to get on the mission and get on the and to accomplish this is to make them feel good, make them feel like you care, make them feel like they have power. Like instead of like 
okay, like, if I have all my duties as, like, a shift, as a boss, like, this is what I do and this is what you do, to maybe bring someone along who I see is wanting to aspire to, to grow and get better, like, hey, can you help me with this, even though, like, I know they, I may not need the help, like, to humble myself and let them maybe take the charge once in a while, I, at least for me, I feel like that helps, that helps the team grow. You're, you're absolutely right, and I think that the perspective, again, the perspective of leadership has changed over the last few years, yeah. or maybe even decades, you know, where us millennials, you know, um, I, I'm I'm considered an older millennial, but I'm still, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm still a millennial. Um, somebody said the other day, you're a millennial old, uh, <laughs> but I, I for for us, we we really we really are initiative driven. Yeah, and so for us, the 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 concept of hey, do this because I told you to do this doesn't really work well yeah. anymore. Now, there's some of us that really do value and respect authority, but I feel like there's there's this reverence that's been lost with, yeah. with like people that are in charge, mm -hmm. and I think a lot has to do with approach, but also I think that the approach of the leader can change as well, where if we would just uh, teach our people or show our people the why, why we're doing this, yeah. then they can really connect to that, because mm -hmm. really, People are motivated not by logic, but by emotions, yeah. okay? And so if we can tap into people's emotions mm -hmm. the right way, yeah. then we can get people to do things that normally even they themselves yeah. maybe didn't think were qualified to do. You know, think about stuff that trends, like those videos that trend. You know, you watch a baby's video that's goo goo and gaga, like it just, it strung a chord and yeah. all of a sudden it has like 55 million views. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's content like that, it's things like that that draw emotions yeah. that really motivate people to do some stuff mm -hmm. and so so yeah definitely being a leader that uh, leads by example yeah. is huge but tapping into that hey i'm here for you you know i yes i'm your boss yes i'm your leader yes i'm in charge here but just because i'm in charge doesn't mean that you don't have influence yeah and i recognize as a leader that you may have more influence than i have mm -hmm. you may be smarter than than i am you may have more creativity than i am yeah. so i'm not gonna put you down for that i'm gonna use that and i'm gonna value that and mm -hmm. i'm gonna encourage that and so i think that if as leaders if we get to this place where we encourage that we value that we we push that mm -hmm. then that it's contagious yeah. it's contagious and everybody will jump on board on that that's something you said about we care about the why we're even thinking about myself that's so true like i've heard people tell me do this i'm like well why because i said so and a lot of times people think like when i'm asking why like i'm questioning your authority well it's not that and i feel like for a lot of people my age is like you said, we want to do something with purpose. I want to know why we're doing it. Like, yeah. and it's because I want to know what I'm getting yeah. behind. And we'll still and we'll still do it. Yeah, we'll still do it. But how much more meaningful is it when you know the why? There's yeah. a personal connection there sure. that you know that you're playing a bigger part than what yeah. you're actually doing. It. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, so really, it's knowing that why. And I feel also when you know the why, you can go so far beyond what I give Absolutely. you. Like if I tell you, make this. Why? Just make this. Okay, you can only go that far, but when I can tell you, okay, this is why we want to do this, this is what we're trying to accomplish, you can now take that knowledge and run. Absolutely. And you can like take it from step A to step Z because you have the information to drive. And I think sometimes, like I see leaders, and I, and I understand, like I think we can be afraid to give you that power because we don't want you to look better than us. We want to be on top, we want to look better, and if you look good, I look bad. And I think that's such an unhealthy habit of putting people down to get better, to make you look like you have to stay here because I'm here. But I think if we push people forward, I think in return, you know, some people are going to try to get on top and that's okay. And if, 
if they get a better job than me or whatever, they're, they're qualified and that's fine. But I think we need to start pushing people forward, like you said, instead of holding back. Because I think when we push people forward, we accomplish so much more and we are so we work so much better together. And you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like that, uh, the law of the lid, you know, as, as individuals, we have a, a certain capacity of leadership. And truth be told is that there's people under us or that are working with us that they can easily surpass yeah. that lid. And so as leaders, we have to recognize that there's going to come a point where we have to stretch ourselves to be willing to grow. Yeah. Or if we reach that place where, oh, man, like, I just don't know if there's any more for me. Mm-hmm. Not that we have it all together, but yeah. but there's somebody trailing right behind us that you yeah. know that if you pass the baton, they're going to go. They're going to yeah. soar. And so it's it's getting out of the way, yeah. like you just said, so that they can kind of just yeah. do their thing and grow and, yeah. and be creative. And in the process, as a leader, be supportive of that yeah. and willing to change because that's probably the hardest thing about leadership is – changing things that you yeah. feel work or or changing things that you systems or or practices that you've had in place for mm-hmm. so long all of a sudden you have a young bug that's like hey, i have a better idea for them like uh what do you know we've been doing it like this for 20 yeah. years but really like the way that they they're thinking about in their mind is so much more efficient yeah. so much more creative so much more valuable mm-hmm. and so again it's creating that space for them to have that freedom to say hey what do you think about this yeah. I think it's so easy for people to get like, like you said, like you, we've been doing it this way like to get a fixed mindset. Like that's what we say at my job. We have a fixed mindset. But I think a lot of times you get so caught like, oh, we do it this way. But someone could show you something like slightly different, but it makes such a big difference. Like I was doing something I worked like two weeks ago. That I've done for like two years. Something simple. I can't remember what it was, but I was doing something and there was such a more efficient way to do it. And someone just said, hey, why don't you do it this way? And I, like, it made me think. Like, you ever have people tell you something? Like, oh, yeah. that makes sense. Like, yeah. why are you doing this? Like, yeah. you could just do this. Like, and I think it's important to not be so fixed. Because I feel like when you're fixed on a, when you have a fixed mindset, you're never going to go past that. This is where you stay. But when you can be open to change, and I think it's, I think it's a pride thing. I think it's, it's we don't like correction. No one likes me talking, hey, you're going wrong. Yeah. No one likes me, like, it feels, it hurts, and it, it makes us feel like we want to run. But I think it's, a, I think it's good, and it's healthy to be corrected, to be coached. And you don't always have to take all coaching, because, you know, if you just let everyone speak to you, you'll never get anywhere. But right. to take good coaching and good correction, I think it helps us grow. And it's kind of changing gears slightly off leadership. I I see that. And I and I have that problem. I try so hard to, when people coach me, even if it makes me feel uncomfortable to take it anyways, just because I know it's good for me. But I feel like a lot of people, we like we don't like coaching. We get defensive. We put hands out. And I think it's a cultural issue. I think this is our culture. I think we've been taught. I well, what I think it is honestly, and this is probably stretching a little far, and you can tell me what you think. I think it's a lack of identity. I think it's easy. I think our culture, we don't have an identity. We don't know who we are. So when we're trying to put ourselves in something, and you say, "Hey, that's wrong," it's no longer a an attack on that thing. It's attack on us. It's attack on you. Don't like me. I'm wrong. It just it can't be me. And I think, I think it goes way deeper. And I think it's a problem. Yeah, you're 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 right on the money in regards to what I feel about that because we can we can tap two things here. Um, the the that that feeling of not wanting correction mm-hmm. and and that that clash with the identity crisis that our culture is going through and one one of the things that I realize about um, why we don't feel the need to be corrected uh, really it's because people who don't like to be corrected and and I'm talking. I'm I'm speaking to you from experience. Yeah. And so so I don't like correction. Yeah. I think it's a natural 
natural feeling. It's a natural thought process. Nobody likes to be corrected. Everybody wants to give their best. Everybody yeah. wants to do their best. But really, it it comes down to internal insecurities mm -hmm. or fragile egos. Yeah. That's really, at the mm -hmm. core, what it boils yeah. down to. And so... Uh, what happens is that when we feel as if our self-esteem or our self-image has been threatened, yeah. questioned, um, is being probed, uh, naturally we want to make ourselves look like we're bigger, we're smarter, we're better. Yeah. And so we get defensive. It's a, it's a safety mechanism. It's a safety yeah. mechanism. That's exactly what it is. It's a safety mechanism. And it's not like we're trying to uh, hurt anybody. We're yeah. not trying to offend anybody. We're just on the offensive. It's, just, yeah. it, it's a natural defensive mechanism that happens when we feel like we're being yeah. attacked. And so the truth is, is that we're not being attacked. We're, we're, we're not being, most times, we're yeah. not being corrected uh, because somebody wants to just tear us down, but yeah. we're being corrected because obviously somebody recognizes something in our lives that needs to be changed that can improve. And so, but the natural response is that defense mechanism yeah. that says, Hey, wait a minute. Like, you know, that's yeah. not, that's not what I'm talking about, yeah. you know? And, 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 and really why that happens is because like of what you just said right now, that there is an identity crisis in our culture because what's happening is that we look for a sense of belonging in all of the wrong places. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. We're looking for a sense of belonging in the wrong places. Look, influence is huge in leadership. And I think that um, I, I'm at fault of this. I've done this before. And I, maybe not on purpose, but we, we try to fabricate influence. Okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so there is a there is an identity issue because the influence that I'm trying to fabricate or the image that I'm trying to portray is not real, it's not authentic. Okay. You know, you see this all the time. I, I, heard it, I heard it like this just recently on a blog post is that, you know, you see young people, young leaders that are taking pictures with influential pastors, influential leaders. Yeah. And so someone that doesn't know those people from an outside perspective, you're looking at an Instagram feed, man, this dude knows this person, this you're dude knows that person. You're going to think that they're yeah. influential. But they're not. Yeah. They don't even know these people. They're just, they happen to be at the same event. They happen to be taking yeah. pictures with them. But it's just this fabricated influence. It's a piggyback of influence. It's a I'm piggyback. It's not influence. authentic. And so yeah. when you finally get in front of people and you begin to lead those people, it's not authentic. Yeah. It's it's fake. Yeah. It's uh, it's um, insincere. It just, it's just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Um, and so what happens is that we... We get to this place where we allow that that fabricated influence to try to lead who we mm -hmm. are and our people, and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Another thing that happens in regards to a lack of identity in today's culture is that we're listening to the wrong voices. That's huge. You know, we listen to, to people that don't really care about us. Yeah. We, we, we listen to voices of people who... Who are just out for themselves mm -hmm. when really we should listening we should be listening to the voice of God. We should yeah. be listening to the voice of those that really care about us, those that really love us. You know, it's interesting to me. We do this all the time. You know, we 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 neglect to go to God when it matters most, when He's the one that knows us the best. Yeah. You know, and so so there's a lack of identity in our culture for ourselves. Because we're going to the wrong people. We're going to the wrong source mm -hmm. to truly find out who we are. And I mean, it's biblical. I can give you scripture after scripture that tells us who we are. So really, we need to start listening yeah. to God to really find out where our identity is in Him. For sure. And I think the Bible will test it out. Like you're saying you can pull out scripture after scripture about our identity, who we are, who God thinks we are, what we are. 
And I think God hit on this so much and Jesus hit on this so much because he knew it was such a big issue. We have such an identity crisis. And I think that's right. Like you see so many people, we try to find our worth in certain things. I'm like, whether it be from fighting to our job to our sports to whatever, the problem is when you put your, when you put your worth in something that's not, that's not, that's not there forever. That's not, what's the word? That's not certain. That's not concrete. Yeah. It's fragile. It's going to break eventually. Like if you always see, you see young kids get in relationships and they're like, I love them. I love that. You get, they get crazy because yeah. they make, they make that their God. Yeah. And then the problem is when that person leaves you or what happens, you're ruined because your God died. Your God's gone. Your everything to you is broken. I think you're so right. When we put our, when we put our faith in our life in anything that's not certain, that's not God, eventually it's going to fall. Yeah. And eventually that, I think that's where we get the eagles and that's where we get big heads and that's where we get so hurt and on the off defensive because if I try to poke at your at your at who you are, at who you identify as, it's no longer me trying to correct you, it's me attacking you. And I think if we could tear down those walls and understand we're not worthy because of our performance, and that's something I struggle with a lot that even my my wife pointed out to me was I am so I really I feel like God loves me when I do good. I feel like God loves me when I podcast does good, when I preach good, and I yeah. get my, my worth in that. So when people come at me and say, hey, maybe you shouldn't preach, or they try to correct my preaching, I get super defensive. I'll right. be like, okay, and I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> but I don't like it because I get my worth in that. So right. when people do that in anything and you correct it, they get on the offensive. And I, on the, and I think we would do so much better. And I, it's easy to say it. It's, it's about a life change. Yeah. It takes time to understand our worth is not in things. God loves you for more. You, it's you, not. It's it's this, man. It's our worth is in God. Mm-hmm. And everything else is just a benefit of the worth that we have mm-hmm. in God. Everything that we get to do, preaching, you know, mission strips, just being loved, man. Because yeah. we're like, we're difficult. Yeah. We're difficult people. And the fact that somebody loves us, you know, the fact that somebody is, cares for us, like those are just benefits of being mm-hmm. a son or daughter of God. And, and one of the biggest mistakes that we make as a generation is that we identify uh or, or or we we identify our self worth based on our 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 past or the mistakes that we've made. So mm-hmm. we say I could never be this good or I could never be that good because I've made this mistake. I've made mm-hmm. that mistake. I I did this and I did that. So if you really knew all those things about me, you wouldn't want to be around yeah. me. You you wouldn't love me the way that you do. But really, none of that matters because the moment that we say God, I need you, it's... I need you in my life, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. But but we get to this place where we just allow those things. We hold on to those things. And I and, and I taught it like this to my daughter recently, and my son is that you know the we we hold on to those things, and the longer that we hold on to those things, there's no room for that to be released and be replenished with something mm-hmm. good. So even though we we've been made new, even though we're no longer that person, we're still holding we're still on. holding on to it. And I know a lot of people, and I think, well, two things. One, I think that's so true. I hear so many people, and they say it as a joke, but it, it's deeper. I think every joke, there's a little bit of truth to it. They're like, I couldn't walk into church, I'll catch on fire. And they're joking, but I think there's a little bit of truth. Like, I am my past, which are not. God, God forgives you. And I think it's hard to get that because it's not logical. We base everything on logic. There's a consequence for actions, but God defies that. Right. He says, I know you deserve this, but I'm giving you this. And even down to Christians, like you said, I think a lot of people get saved and they think, I, I don't struggle anymore. I shouldn't I shouldn't be addicted to this, but they are. And since they think they already think there's something wrong. It's like those people you see who get saved every single Sunday because right. they think there's wrong. But And I think it's it's hard because we know, but to truly know within yourself because it defies logic. I think we know God loves us no matter what, but to truly feel that and understand that. I know you mess up, but God loves you. I know, you, I know you're struggling. I know you're going this, but we all are. We're human. And I think it's so easy for people on the outside to look at us Christian, the people who work in church and think one, either 
we're better than them because we have it all together or two we're faking it yeah and i think to understand we're all people and and we're all struggling and life it, it's part of the struggle life is the struggle and i think there's beauty in it i think you can't understand what true love is and true grace is unless you understand struggle absolutely like alice absolutely but there's but there's a difference here there's a difference yeah. between information and revelation mm -hmm. okay because i could tell you that i love you yeah I could tell you that God loves you. Like I, you, you go to church, and yeah. how many times do, they, do you hear in church that God yeah, loves every you? Okay, day. but but do you know that God loves you because somebody told you or because you've experienced mm, it? Yeah. You know, think about food. Like I love food, man, yeah. and I could tell you right now that Melo makes the best, best food. But until but I it's try not it. until you try it that you know for yourself that it yeah. really is good. We can't get we can't get better. We can't get healthy off secondhand. Exactly, exactly, man. And we have to be hungry for it and we have to want it. Yeah. We cannot settle off of information. Mm -hmm. We have to take that information at face value yeah. and say, okay, cool. Where, where does it say that? Or or I want that. You know, yeah. so not just because God loves you or God can change you yeah. or God wants to change you. Okay, cool. Yeah. God can change me. God wants to change me. Now, what action steps do I need to take yeah. to make that happen? And I think this is a healthy. Like, I hear a lot of people say, oh, these millennials are just so much negative towards us. But I think it's such a good thing. Because we strive for first-hand information. It's yeah. no longer, if you tell me, Christian, go set, go put the mics here. Why? Just do it. Because I said something. Okay, I don't care. But the, we strive in this natural in us. Uh, why? We want to know. It's yeah, no absolutely. longer, okay, I experienced this. Like, are people who do drugs, I did the struggle. I want to do it. Like, it's negative, but it goes both ways. Like, God loves you. Why? I, why? I want to know. I want to know. Like, we that's, strive for that knowledge. That's my two-year-old right now, man. <laughs> She's like, why, Dad? Go, go to your room, but why dad? You need to go to sleep, but why dad? Yeah. And it's like, it's frustrating sometimes. Because it's easy to get mad that things are coming at yes, you. Yes, but... yes, but but when you really take the time to understand why they're asking, yeah. it's incredible. Like, they really are processing, and they really want to understand. They genuinely they want genuinely to understand. Want to understand. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Man, 33 minutes have passed like nothing. This is a good conversation. <laughs> you have a lot of information. Like, I keep talking. Um, to wrap this thing up, and I got to have you on sometime again, because I have so many ways I want to Yeah, man, this. absolutely. But one thing I, I want to start doing with every person at the end of this was to give them a little bit of stage. Like, what I like to tell, what I told my last person, what I'm going to tell you Let's pretend for a moment that, and we can get a little serious or however you want to go, that the whole world's listening. Un, uninterrupted, every language, every tongue, every person is hearing what you're saying, and you have the stage for a moment to say whatever you want. What's something you would say to the world right now? Man, you know, one of the things that I, I would definitely say, and, you know, I used, to, I used to have this thought that I didn't want to over-spiritualize things. Yeah. But truth is, we're spiritual. Yeah. We're spiritual beings. And so if somebody's listening, maybe they don't have a relationship with God. Maybe they maybe they they've heard about God or maybe they have questions about God. Like, man, I would just tell them, give them a shot. Mm. Give them a shot because I can tell you firsthand that the where I am today and the things that I get to do are because of God. And you know, there's there's a lot of things that I could do. Yeah. There's a lot of things that I could be doing today, but nothing is as satisfying and as fulfilling than walking out my calling and destiny in God. And so, if I could just say some say something to somebody, is give God a chance, stick it out, don't give up, because your best days are ahead of you. Mm, that's good. This is good. Yeah. This is fun. Thank you for doing this, bro. Absolutely, man. It's been a pleasure, Let's man. Thank you.